I'll be honest, a question that I run into myself quite often is this, how do I balance growing my personal brand with growing my business? Now, in my case, my personal brand really is my business. If we want to be technical, it's all intertwined for me. But in some ways, they do feel different because I have kind of different areas to my business and my personal brand. However, even though they are all kind of working towards the same goal, the question still stands of how much to post about personal lifestyle content and how much to just straight up promote my business. It really is a delicate balance that can be hard to strike. I've done countless Instagram audits for my followers at this point, and if you're curious about that, you can check it out at katiesteckley.com audit. Needless to say, I've looked at a lot of different Instagram profiles in my time, and this question is almost always at the heart of people's struggle with content. Sometimes people post too much irrelevant personal content that doesn't really serve their goals, and sometimes people go the complete anonymous brand route and never inject any personality, maybe not even posting photos of themselves, in which case it can be hard to build a loyal community. So in today's episode, we're going to talk through how to find that fine balance between the personal and the professional and figure out what kind of content really serves you well in terms of your personal goals for social media growth and for business income. Sound good? Let's go. Welcome to the Creator Club Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Steckley, YouTube creator and creative entrepreneur. The Creator Club Podcast is a workshop-style show dedicated to teaching creators and entrepreneurs the best strategies for social media marketing and content creation. Whether you're into Instagram, creating on YouTube, trying TikTok, or producing podcasts, this show is made for you. And because here at Creator Club, we believe in teaching everything you know, and the community is more important than competition, this club is open to everyone. Come and join us. Before we get into the episode, I want to give a shout out to this week's reviewer. This review is from Marissa and Marissa writes, love it. Katie is an awesome host. She offers amazing insight and information that is really helpful for listeners. Thank you so much, Marissa. I really appreciated your five-star review. If you want to have your review read on the next episode of Creator Club, then you're going to have to write a review. You can head over to the Creator Club show page on Apple Podcasts, scroll down till you see the write a review button and tap on it and let me know your thoughts about the show. Your ratings and reviews really do mean a lot to me. They are pretty much the number one way you can help me grow my podcast And the more listeners we have, the more I'll be able to dedicate time to this show where I really do a deep dive into advice and tangible tips around social media marketing. So if you like this kind of content from me, I would really appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and I might just read yours next week. All right, now let's get into the show. To kick off this discussion, I want to explain to you how I've set up my own business and personal brand balance and see where I see them being separate and where I see them overlapping. I'm hoping this personal example will give you a sense of what I mean by the balance between the personal and professional, and maybe you'll even see some parallels with your own experience and maybe there'll be some takeaways you can apply to your own brand. So in my mind, my personal brand is Katie Steckley. 
And I would say the primary place that you'll find the more personal side of my brand is on my Instagram, instagram.com slash On Instagram, I talk about my own life, lifestyle and confidence content, and also about being an entrepreneur. But also, of course, I use my Instagram to promote my business offerings. Like I want to tell people about the ways that I make money, right? Because this is a business. So my Instagram is probably the primary place where I'm trying to find that balance between sharing about my personal life, but also talking about business. So while my personal brand really does rotate around like social media marketing, yes, but also confidence, being a young female entrepreneur and the lifestyle that goes along with that. Now, what I would deem my quote unquote business, because like I said, all of this really does contribute to my income, but what I think of as my business is Katie Steckley Creative Services. So me and my team offer podcast, Instagram, and YouTube services to influencers and entrepreneurs. I also create YouTube videos. I would really consider my YouTube channel to be a part of my business because my main YouTube channel really doesn't include a lot of, of personal content from me. I don't really post vlogs there anymore, and I don't really talk a lot about my personal life on YouTube. Really the primary focus of my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Katie in case you haven't seen it, are YouTube videos that feel like coaching for growing influencers and online entrepreneurs. So I teach social media marketing concepts and talk about Instagram and podcasting and all that good stuff. And it really is focused on my what I would call my business, which is those social media content creation services that I offer. These videos are sometimes sponsored and they almost always have ads on them that I make money from. So that really is a part of my business. It kind of strikes this interesting balance between being marketing, but also an income stream for me, which is the cool thing about YouTube. And then of course, another component to my business is my Instagram audits, my presets that I sell, the online workshop that I sell, and other digital products. Those kinds of things, the services around social media content creation really make up my business. While my personal brand is kind of about lifestyle, confidence, and being an entrepreneur. Here's kind of the tea though about this, and I've been alluding to this. My personal brand really is still part of my business too, and I'm sure that yours is as well. Because ultimately on my Instagram, I do the occasional brand deal and I promote my services. It, it really does all overlap. My entire business is a personal brand. Like I call my business Katie Steckley Creative Services, but it still feels a little bit different to me. Like it feels like they're kind of two different categories of content, which is exactly why this question is so important, I think, because it gets at what is the content strategy here, right? Like what is gonna be the balance? What kind of content are we making and how does it contribute to our goals? There are a few different types of people that I'm serving with all of these content and service offerings. My personal brand-based content really serves to inspire other young women creators, many of them aspiring social media marketers, some of them aspiring influencers. They watch my advice on YouTube or listen to it on my podcast, hey, this might be you. And they appreciate the lifestyle content that I share on my Instagram because it feels relatable. So that's really one of my primary audiences are these folks that are really not that different from myself. And they might be working towards doing a similar thing with business or YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And so that's really who I'm thinking about when I create my personal brand content. 
Then there are my general customers. So this is kind of another audience entirely. These are folks who find me through YouTube search or other SEO. Like just the other day, I got an inquiry through my website and I have this box in my client application that says, how did you find me? And almost all the time it's from a YouTube video or from your Instagram or a referral from my friend or whatever. And I got an application today that just said Google. So people do find me through Google search, which is also pretty cool. So these are all kinds of different people that the thing that connects us isn't, you know, that we both like watching Outlander or had a crush on Harry Styles, you know, have a crush on Harry Styles, you know, those are the kinds of things that I talk about on Instagram and that I know some people relate to, but my general customers, that's not why they find me or why they want to hire me. They see my YouTube videos, they see my content on my website, and then they trust me as an expert and want to hire me for my services. So these kind of people, they kind of care less about that personal brand stuff, but I would still like for them to be able to connect with my Instagram because then I can connect with them on an ongoing basis and continue to promote my services to them and and serve them in other ways. So I kind of think of this dichotomy as my audience versus my customers. Now, to be clear, there's definitely some overlap. There's a lot of people who hire me for my services that also happen to be young women creators who would connect with me on those personal brand things. But it's kind of a spectrum, right? Basically what I'm saying is not everyone who I'm talking to through my content are the same people because I do serve a diversity of clients. Therefore, I need to think about what my content strategy is gonna be like to make sure that I can connect with those people in the right ways, but then also not get too lost in the mess of trying to serve too many people at once. That's really what I think this whole discussion of personal brand versus business comes down to is how do we speak to our audience or our audiences in a way that is going to be beneficial to us in the long term for all the different goals that we have. Now, this could be different for you. I've kind of done some talking now about what this looks like in my brand. Maybe some of this is familiar to you or you can relate to it. Or maybe you're in a different situation entirely. Maybe everything that you want to speak to in your personal brand connects with your business and maybe your audience is really kind of all the same people. Either way, I think that everyone has a similar question though of how much to share this sort of fun personal content that is what I would call like brand adjacent. So not specifically about your offerings, but still maybe connected to who you are as a person. And then how much to share content that directly promotes your business. There's a lot of factors involved in this decision to ultimately try to come up with the ratio, right? I feel like that's what we're looking for is like, what is that content strategy going to look like? How many of my posts are going to be about Outlander, One Direction, and my new hairstyle? And how many of these posts are going to be about like how to grow on Instagram and podcast strategies? So here are the main things that I think you need to consider when you're trying to come up with your own balance between the personal and the business. The first thing is your industry. Different industries have different cultures around how much you share your personal life. So for instance, if you're a lawyer, your customers are going to have different expectations of your professionalism than say if you're a social media manager or a model or a musician. 
there's different industries that offer a little bit more flexibility in terms of sharing more of your personal life. For instance, if you're a lawyer, maybe sharing personality is going to look like, you know, telling your customers which sports team you, you know, support or whatever. Those really kind of mild things that everybody can relate to a little bit, but it's not too spicy and it doesn't make you seem quote unquote unprofessional. You know, these more traditional industries, I think, have a different expectation of how you would present yourself. Whereas if you are in a creative career, like models, musicians, etc., then having a strong personality and sharing your personal life is tantamount to your brand's success because people are interested in where your inspiration comes from. Like, how do you create what you create? And so if you keep it really anonymous and don't really share any personality, then that's going to actually go against the expectations of people in your industry. So it's very important that you consider the context of the space you're in when you're thinking about how much personality do you really share online? What's appropriate? What is going to ultimately help your clients um, continue to like, know, and trust you. That's really what the personal brand content is about is establishing that like, know, and trust factor. So think about what that means in your industry. The next factor involved in the ratio of personal to professional is your target audience. Some people are more into the personal stuff and others aren't. There's a lot of different things that can go into this. Like younger people might be more interested in the personal side. Maybe some older people are a little bit more on the professional side. And again, these are generalizations. Like it it really depends on your very specific audience. Um, so think about Who's your target market and what do they want to see from you? And ultimately, your target audience is going to have an impact too on the kind of personal stuff that you share because sharing personal brand content doesn't mean not having a niche. Sharing personal brand content is a very specific and intentional thing that you do in order to increase that like no and trust factor that I was talking about. So there's a lot of stuff you know, that I could share online that I don't necessarily because it just doesn't serve my purposes. So that's something to think about. And it really comes down to your target audience. Further to that, you really want to think about what sort of personal content you're sharing. Because like I said, just because it's personal doesn't mean it's all fair game. Like you want to make sure that is serving your goal and make sense for your audience. So for example, there's some things I'm very open online about, and it would probably come across that I'm just this open book. Like, you know, I shared my weight on Instagram. I literally do not care. Like (laughs) there's a lot that I'll talk about, but there's also some things that I just never mentioned. So for example, I'm very open about my body image and thoughts on being a size 14. I wrote an Instagram post about how I weigh 200 pounds and I don't care. Like that is the least thing that I'm going to be embarrassed about or not want to share. But on the other hand, you'll never catch me talking about my religious beliefs online. And that's not because I don't have them. I mention here and there that I go to church or whatever, but I don't talk about it a lot because it's something that's very personal to me and I have very complex feelings about it. And yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm not, you know, the kind of person that feels like I need to share about it. It's very very personal to me. So that's why I don't share about that. And I know that it wouldn't serve my purposes because I think that potentially my beliefs eh, would maybe distance me from my followers, not actually bring me closer. And I feel like that sounds really bad. So (laughs) to clarify, it's not because we would like disagree and like hate each other or something. It's just because it's something that I know not everybody shares and that's fine. Like I 
don't um, have the desire to be like an online like Christian persona or whatever. So that's why I leave it out of that because I don't want to alienate people that have other religious beliefs. And I also know the complex background of my religious beliefs and how they have been very hurtful and harmful to people, sometimes including myself. So anyway, I, I feel like that is a very big discussion that I, you know, I can't completely cover it in the few minutes on this podcast episode. But just know, I'm not not sharing about it because I'm ashamed of it, or I think it's bad or whatever. It's just like, it's not relevant. And I think there's always room for people to have personal beliefs that the internet doesn't need to know, right? So I just mean, think about what's actually relevant to your audience. To give another example of something that's maybe not as like controversial or whatever, like obviously discussion of religion is very sensitive. But another thing that I just don't talk about very much is the fact that I'm married. Like I don't really talk about married life. You won't see my husband on my Instagram stories that often. Like I do show him here and there, but not in the same way where, you know, some influencers, like every other photo of them is a picture of them all cuddled up with their husband or kissing their husband or whatever, or whatever kind of spouse. So I just don't do that because it like not for any like moral perspective. It's just like, eh. It's not really my vibe. I'm not a PDA person. The only time my friends and family have ever seen me kiss Dan was literally at our wedding first and last. Like I don't, (laughs) I'm not like a very publicly affectionate person. So, you know, that's just not me. So what I'm trying to get at here is that when you are sharing your personal brand content, it is not about just bearing it all. And and especially because we do talk about vulnerability, I want to be clear. It's not about airing out your dirty laundry and feeling like you have to share every single detail about yourself. It is more so about figuring out, and this is going to sound like it's so calculated and it doesn't have to be, but figuring out what about you is relatable to your audience and then emphasizing those things. I know for a lot of my audience, um, you know, the fact that I am a size 14 or that I've dealt with body image and, and insecurity and stuff like that, that's relatable, right? That feels like a journey that they are also on, maybe that you're also on. And so, that's relevant to share. And I know that I have, I have content to share on that. That's going to be encouraging or inspiring and provides value. Like that's the other piece. It's about figuring out what's relatable, what connects you. And then also how can you provide value there? This really is not all that unlike when you're just making friends, like remember, you know, just making friends, like meeting new people when we used to do that pre COVID. So in those contexts, it's not like you're hiding yourself from people. So like to go back to my original example, if I was to meet a new friend and not immediately start tell them my religious beliefs in the church that I go to and what we do and whatever, like, no, that would just be normal not to tell somebody that the first time you meet them, right? It's not because you're being deceptive or hiding stuff. It's just because maybe it's not relevant and that's maybe not an area you're going to connect on. So like, Maybe you'll talk about a few things that you do connect on and that's how you make friends. And really relationship building, creating these friendships, that is my principle around Instagram growth. So it's the same thing when it comes to sharing content. You got to think about it like if I was trying to make a new friend with, you know, you're picturing your ideal customer, then how would you do it? What would you say to them? What kinds of things would you share to see if you connect. So for me, when I share about my love for One Direction, it's because I picture that my ideal customer very well could be 
a One Direction fan or an ex-One Direction fan or whatever because they're the same age as me and same kind of vibe. So that's why I share about that. Whereas to me, somebody sharing my religious beliefs has nothing to do with whether or not they're an ideal customer to me. Like that couldn't matter less in this context to me. So that's why it's not a part of the equation because, you know, it just is not, it's not important. So hopefully I've been able to explain this and not too much of a roundabout way. But the point is, think about your ideal customer. What brings you two together? What do you have in common? That's the kind of personal stuff that you're going to share. Hopefully that provides a little bit of clarity into what that content can look like. Because I think that's the hard thing. We're all very complex people. We contain multitudes. So thinking about what things you're going to even speak about when it comes to the quote unquote personal stuff, it can be a challenge. So that's why I want you to use the framework of what do I have in common with my ideal customer or ideal audience? Those are the things that I'm going to talk about. Okay. I hope I've explained myself well and that I haven't been like shady or something in this. Like I'm not trying to be mysterious. I'm just trying to tell you about my story. Okay. You can message me if you thought this section was weird or if it was helpful. So taking these important things into consideration, your industry, your target audience, and what brings you and your target audience together is very important. These are the things you need to think about when it comes to creating that personal brand content. And I think in general, it can be really helpful to share more personal content in whatever way makes sense for your brand. So even if this might sound intimidating to try to figure out what personal stuff is relevant, what makes me feel relatable, what would bring me together with my ideal customer, it sounds intimidating, but you know, maybe it is. It's a bit difficult to figure out, but it's important to do. And I just want to encourage you in that. It is important to wade through those questions and come up with a strategy because sharing that personal content can be very significant in the growth of your business. I think a lot of people shy away from it or some people dive too far into it without thinking about what is actually going to be purposeful to them, but there is significance to doing this personal stuff. And I, I want to tell you why. So the first thing is, like I mentioned earlier, it increases the like, know, and trust factor. When somebody gets to know you as a person and they like you because you've got stuff in common and they trust you because they see you day in, day out acting in good faith as a normal person with good intentions, then they are more likely to make a purchase from you. When someone comes across a relatively anonymous Instagram page with not a lot of information about who the person is behind it, they're not as likely to sign up for that coaching program or make that purchase because it's like, oh, well, who is this person? Do I trust them? Like who's behind this profile picture? So that's why including the personal stuff can be so significant. This is kind of my comparison to like the corporate world. I feel like it's kind of like in the regular job world, when it comes to interviews, there's only so much that your actual skills and experience can do to set you apart. Obviously it's very important. That is what people hire you based on. But if it's you and another candidate that have the exact same skills and experience and and whatever, then the thing that's going to set you apart is your personality, the culture fit or whatever you want to call it, that feeling that you're going to get along well with them. So this is kind of like, you know, that hobbies and interests section of your resume. I don't know. Does anybody do that anymore? Message me on Instagram and tell me if people use hobbies and interests as a part of their resume. I haven't made a resume in many years because, um, 
I work for myself, but I, I used to. And back when I was in university, I was doing co-op jobs. Both Dan and I were, which are kind of like, they're just paid internships. Our, our university offered that. And I remember that Dan had an experience where he did an interview at like Canadian Tire Corporate. And, you know, it was his first ever co-op. So he didn't have a lot of experience, right? Like previous to this, he had his like high school, like summer life lifeguarding job or whatever. But he talked to the interview and afterwards he told me that the thing that really they talked a lot about, it it wasn't the experience on his resume. It was the fact that he mentioned that he was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, which if you know Dan, which I guess you probably wouldn't because like I just said five minutes ago, I hardly ever post about him. But I'll tell you, he's not really a sports guy. He doesn't, you know, whatever. But his dad is a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan and so kind of Dan is by proxy but anyway so he was talking to this interview about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how he's a fan of them and that is kind of what set him apart and made him memorable because the interviewer ended up mentioning that again in the future of like oh yeah I remember you you like the Leafs or whatever so sometimes these little things about yourself that are totally unrelated to your skills your qualifications can be what sets you apart in somebody's mind when they're shopping around for service providers or for digital products or whatever because that's just what they remember, you know? Like if you compare two things where one is just a straight up list of services and the other is a list of services plus a few fun facts about the person, that's just how the human brain works. You're gonna remember somebody with those extra fun facts and that's gonna draw you back to them. Only now, thinking about the story that I just told you, am I realizing how dang Canadian that is? I don't know how many of you listening are fellow Canadians. Um, Based on my other stats, most of you are not. So you're probably like, Canadian tire, Toronto Maple Leafs. (laughs) Very cliche stuff. But anyway, that is the truth of the story. Another example that's similar to this is back in the day when I still had a resume and applied to jobs and stuff like that. This was in my early days of university, but I had a hobbies and interests section. And in there, I, I had like a funny sentence where I was like, I I enjoy, I think I talked about like singing in choirs because I used to do that back in the day if you didn't know. I forget what else, like maybe roller skating and then like TV shows with strong female leads. And I remember one time an interviewer commenting on that and saying like, oh, I also like TV shows with strong female leads. So it's just kind of those little notes that can sometimes set you apart and make people remember you and want to work with you because of that, you know, culture fit to use corporate terminology. Um, Obviously, your qualifications and your background and whatever is far more important. And people do take that into consideration. But when people are comparing two similar options with those same qualifications, then maybe that little personal touch, that like, know, and trust will set you apart and end up landing you the gig. Really, at the end of the day, the importance of figuring out this personal brand part of your business comes down to this. Humans connect with other humans not service offerings. The personality that you inject into what you do is what makes you memorable. So many people will not remember me in my YouTube videos from just my great Instagram tips or my awesome content calendar advice. Of course, that is the important part and they value that, but a lot of people remember me for my red lipstick or my glasses Those are those pieces that make you a person to somebody else and people remember people, not just ideas. So my challenge to you this week is to think about how are you gonna punch up the personality in your content? I've got a few ideas for you. 
but I want you to try to brainstorm this. What are some tangible ways you can start showing yourself a little bit more in your social media content? Let's talk about a couple options. So the first thing to consider is really your overall content strategy, content pillars. Have you heard me talk about this before? I feel like I bring it up almost every podcast episode, but it is important. And this is how I think about a good Instagram strategy. Your content pillars, usually I recommend having five. Some of them are going to relate to content that's in your niche and that is directly related to your business and your offerings. Then you're going to have a couple of those pillars that are brand adjacent topics. So think about it this way. You kind of have an overarching niche and your content pillars are like four to five subtopics that are more specific things that are related to that niche. Maybe three of them can be directly related to your business and how you make money. And then two of them can be related to things that are personal. So here's the issue with personal brands a lot. And I've kind of been talking around this the whole time, but really it comes down to this. You sometimes when you do the personal brand thing, you feel like you need to share every part of yourself and then you therefore no longer have a niche. Like I think people often think like, oh, well, personal brand, like how how do you make that into a niche? Because I am not a niche. And this is something that I've struggled with for years because I'm like, oh, well, I love history and linguistics, but I also like social media and I also like filmmaking and I also like travel. And how do you make that into one niche? Well, you can't. It doesn't have to be that you just share anything and everything because it's personal. You need to think about what part of yourself, like I was saying, is relatable to your ideal audience. What are the things that bring you together with your ideal audience? That is what you're going to share as those two sort of personal or brand adjacent topics in your content pillars. So for me, these topics are body confidence, feminism, entrepreneurship. They're not necessarily directly connected to social media marketing, which is how I make my money, but they are of interest to my target audience. So hopefully that gives you a sense of it. Reevaluate your content pillars and think about which ones of these are directly related to how I make money and which ones of these are for connecting with my audience. Okay, so that's the content pillars approach. The next thing I want to recommend in terms of how you're going to punch up the personality in your content, don't be afraid to get vulnerable. People worry that sharing in a really open and honest way is going to ruin their credibility, but it doesn't. It just makes you seem human. No one is perfect at their job 100% of the time. Like, here's the thing. People worry that if they share about having imposter syndrome, that people are going to think that they actually are an imposter. But that's not going to happen. If you share about that, people are going to say, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I've had that exact same feeling. I know where you're at and I can connect with you. So don't worry about seeming weak or not knowing what you're doing. None of us know what we're doing. And again, this does connect back to my original kind of three things to consider of what industry you're in. You know, if you're like a heart surgeon and you go on Instagram, like, I actually don't really know what the parts of the heart are. That's not good. (laughs) You don't want to do that. You don't want to do anything that's going to make people not trust you or whatever, but sharing that you're not always perfect. You don't always have your shit together. 
that's fine. That's not going to make people not want to hire you. That is what a lot of people worry about, but it, it won't. And obviously, like, if you are a heart surgeon, you do know what the parts of the heart are. Like, you aren't, I don't think, a scam artist. So there's probably not anything that you could share that would really make people not trust you. But still, give it some thought and make sure that you're selective about this kind of thing. And, you know, you're prudent about what you are choosing to share. So that that's something to consider. But really, don't be afraid to get vulnerable. It's going to be okay to share those parts of yourself that you feel nervous about. Uh, and you will see a lot of support from people. And people will really connect with you. Now, in terms of what not to share, like I was kind of mentioning, there's a few golden rules here that even though I want you to be vulnerable, there are a few things that you just don't share, okay? And you won't often hear me having like hard and fast rules because I'm a pretty laissez-faire person when it comes to Instagram stuff. I'm like, literally put what you want online. Like, I'm not gonna judge you. Like, post your nudes on your Instagram feed. Like, that's cool, awesome. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not usually the kind of person that's like, there's certain things we don't say. But in this case, as my friend in business, I will tell you this, there are a few things that we don't say. So the first one is never share about bad client experiences. At least, I mean, if you're gonna, it's gotta be, I don't know if you should. <laughs> Let me explain. You don't wanna complain about a client publicly. Even if you don't mention their name, you don't wanna go on your stories and complain about a bad experience you had with a client. People don't want to be on the receiving end of that. So if they see you talking shit about a client, they're going to think, oh, if I became a client, would she go on stories and complain about how annoying I am? No, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want anybody to have a reason of why they wouldn't want to work with you because they think that you're going to like bash them on social media. So just, I would steer clear of it. Have I had some nasty run-ins here and there? Yes. Have I ever shared with them on Instagram? No. Because why? You know what I mean? You're going to give people a reason to not want to work with you because they'll be scared that you're going to turn on them and talk on social media about them. So that's just kind of one of my strong rules of don't complain about clients, even past clients on your Instagram anywhere. The second thing, never share any shady business dealings. Now, listen, I don't think you have any shady business dealings. I don't, I, but okay, let me explain this though. Like it's not necessarily shady, but look, we all know sometimes you give somebody a deal and you do something for less because you care about their cause. Sometimes you charge somebody a little bit more because you know they can afford it. Like this is kind of how business works. We're all you know, doing things that are in the best interest of our clients and we're trying to be fair and equitable. Um, but sometimes your reasoning and stuff won't necessarily make sense to everybody. And so, you know, just don't even, don't talk about that kind of thing um, that would ever make people feel like you're not treating your clients fairly or doing things right. Like, I believe you, you're doing things right. We all are doing things doing things with the best intentions. But the fact is, um, sometimes things get complicated in business. So I just don't want you ever getting on your Instagram stories and talking about how, oh, I was able to get this really high rate from a new client. Like, that's so awesome. Like, eh, you know, we don't, we don't really want to do that. Even if you're the kind of person that normally gives like business advice to people, like I'm talking to an audience of people that have clients, but I never talk about like, oh, I just begged this really high quality con like client or whatever. I don't know. I just think you want to be not seeming like a shady 
business person. Maybe that's general, but in, in my mind, this makes sense. Hopefully it, it does to you. The important thing is to come across as fair and professional and to not, in a way, the financial side is also you know, fairness to your clients and confidentiality that you don't go online and say, Hey, everybody, this client pays me this much. You know, like that's kind of a, a bit private to them. So just something to consider. These things are probably really obvious to you, but I just thought that I should mention them. We do like vulnerability. We do like bearing all, but there's a few things that we just don't say because it is not in our best interest to do that. Otherwise, vulnerable moments that you share will bring your audience closer to you, not further. As long as you're following those golden rules, you don't have to worry about sharing those vulnerable things, making your audience judge you, think that you're weak. Most likely they will respect you a lot for sharing a vulnerable side. So to wrap up this discussion, I want you to think about one to two brand adjacent topics that you can bring into your strategy to make those two personal pillars and think about what you can use that will make you more memorable because that's really what the personal content is about. So make these two out of your five content pillars. So this would end up if we're talking ratios, which I find helpful at the end of the day, 40% of your content can be personal brand content. 60% will be directly related to your business and your offerings and the way you make money. But remember, only 20% of this content total, probably 20 out of that 60, should be any kind of ask or sale because you know that we always go by the principle of serve, 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 and then sell. You don't want to fall into the trap of pitching yourself too often because that's not a way to grow a community and have um, happy followers. So just make sure that even though 60% of that's going to be related to your business, don't make most of that by any means, you know, make only a third of that actually about selling your products or your services. Okay, hopefully this sheds some light on the personal brand versus business thing. I do feel like I rambled for a little bit, but these are my thoughts on it. And I think that it is just something that we all kind of need to navigate to figure out what makes sense for us to be sharing with our audiences. So yeah, again, message me on Instagram if this made any sense to you. And if you found it helpful, I think, yeah, it's something that we're all figuring out myself included. So hopefully these insights help you along that journey. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Creator Club podcast. If you listen to this entire episode, I want to know who you are. Send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Steckley so we can chat. Do you want to be part of the official Creator Club? You can join my Insider Squad Facebook group by going to katiesteckley.com slash club. I'd love to see you there. Finally, if you're looking for more value-packed content like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Katie. Go to my channel and search Instagram hacks, and I promise you won't be disappointed. If you want to hear more episodes like this and support this show to continue, please leave me a review in iTunes. It really helps me out, and you just might get featured on the next episode as the review of the week. Leave your IG handle in the review so I can give you a shout out. Again, thanks so much for listening, and as always, I hope you are having adventures and following your dreams, and I'll catch you next week, Creator Club.